0: I've got a would you rather question from social media.
1: Okay. Would I rather this or rather that? Is yes. that the question? That's a would you please would, go ahead. I am eager to hear.
0: Now this one doesn't hundred percent pertain to you as a priest, but in the you can do the concept of it.
1: Okay, okay. now you're really okay, that's the setup. Okay. Let, let <laughs> us go.
0: <laughs> would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors? Or or if you had them go into the future and meet your great-great-grandchildren.
1: Okay, I see why you say it. doesn't really apply to me because I'm not going to have great-great-grandchildren. Correct. You do
0: have ancestors, though. You came I do from have somewhere.
1: ancestors. I would very, very much l- love to see a generation, three or four years from, uh, three or four generations from now to see what it's like. Yeah. But the truth is, the only answer I can give is I'd like to see the past. I would like to see... My great-grandparents who uh, emigrated from uh, what Bohemia, which at that time was, it's now part of the Czech Republic. Okay. They were Germans living in a village in Bohemia. So, uh, you know, they were sort of already displaced people. I don't know how they got that to that town. Yeah. Uh, but I would love, they were the ones who got married, and on their honeymoon they came to America and never went back. <laughs>
0: They, they saw it was so good, they wanted to So stay. you are
1: still on your honeymoon, right? You never went back.
0: No, still for the rest of my life. Yeah. So our friends on Facebook, our followers of the church on Facebook, overwhelmingly voted they would go to the future to see their great, great grandchildren. Well, I understand. I think they, in two or three generations, they'll just have phones or tablets or whatever the screen is of the of the era just glued to their foreheads at that point.
1: Sure, you could you could have uh, or could do the thing with uh, Mary Baker Eddy, where they apparently put a phone in her casket so that she could call back after her death. (laughs) Really, you you know who Mary Baker Eddy was? I don't. Oh, well, education time. Do we have enough time? Uh, She was the foundress of uh, Christian Science. Oh, see, that was okay. That was short. That was that was short answer. Hello, Uh, everybody. Welcome. (laughs) It only took three minutes. Welcome to the
0: 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. It's a hot week in July. Are you staying cool?
1: I am doing fine. I'm doing very well. Yeah. Uh, last night, I went outside. Uh, there was a baseball game, and I watched a little bit of it from my patio. Yeah. But uh, then I went inside and came back out just as a breeze came up. Yeah, and there the game, the game had ended, and a little breeze came up. And it was very pleasant.
0: I was waiting for the breeze last night. I eventually... Lost hope and just went inside.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, okay. What's going on in the middle of summer?
0: Well, we're still doing the summer mini retreats. We're two down, four to go. Four
1: to go. And I'm looking forward to next week. with Well, yeah, the week coming with Sister Ann Mary. Yep. Sister Ann Mary's going to be doing next week
0: is called Sifting for Truth. I saw that. We're going on an archaeological dig, not for dinosaurs, for truth. For truth. I have
1: no idea. I don't know how deep do you have to dig. <laughs> uh, archaeological digs do it by layers, so the question is, how many layers down? That's, oh, see, that's deep. This is not. It's not my. This retreat. is profound. Oh, I, okay, are we ready to talk about scripture this week? I don't because think I need. have a loaded question to start with. All right, let's go. Thinking back when you were in preschool, kindergarten, grade school, yeah, uh, middle school, high school, college, what would you have done? if you got a 25% on a test? Oh, my gosh. I mean, maybe it's true. Maybe you know what you would have done. No,
0: I was obsessed with my grades and studying. Um, I would have been really, really... Really
1: devastated. Very much so. Yeah. Very. I I don't know that I ever got a 25% either. Uh, No, I don't think I did. Did you ever get a 50%?
0: No, probably not. Not that I can remember. How about
1: 75%?
0: Um, I don't, I don't think so. Probably at one point I did.
1: Did you ever get less than a hundred percent?
0: (laughs) Yes. Okay.
1: Well, that's the, I mean, that's a very profound question because we find it totally unacceptable to get 25%. Sure. But the gospel reading is a 25 -er. (laughs) percenter. We're only reading 25% of it. No, no. But the seeds fell and only one out of four made it. Three-fourths of the seeds failed. Are we going to read it? I think we're going to read it. Now, just so those who are reading along from wherever they are, they know, there is a long version of the gospel and a short version. We will be reading the short version, not just because it's hot and summer, but because I think sometimes when— As we when, sit in the air conditioning. Sometimes when you read the long version, you miss the uh, the— the poignancy of the first part. Sure. So basically, now you're really intrigued. It's three parts. The first part, Jesus tells a parable. The second part is the apostles say, Lord, why do you tell us parables? Which I've, I love that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third part is where Jesus explains the parable. So we're going to skip part two and part three and just read the parable itself.
0: If you want to follow along or actually read the long version on your own time this week, it's Matthew chapter 13 verses 1 through 23. But we're going to read
1: 1 through 9. I am ready. Do I get to read this week? Yes. Okay. Chapter 13 of Matthew's Gospel. Last week we were on chapter 11. Now you're probably wondering what's in chapter 12 that we skipped it. Well, that's your homework. That's your homework. Okay, chapter 13, verse 1. On that day Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. I love that line. It's like He's on vacation. He's on vacation. I, he went. He lived in Capernaum, yeah. which is on the Sea of Galilee. Actually, Capernaum doesn't exist. It's just ruins right now. Yeah, uh, but it was ideal place. I wonder what went wrong.
0: We could modernize this. Like Jesus was at his Airbnb, take, <laughs> taking in the oceanfront view.
1: Okay, so he sat down by the sea. I, I, I just love that. It's kind of very reflective. He t- he took out his iPhone and che- uh, got <laughs> caught up on text messages. <laughs> Such large crowds gathered around him. Uh-oh, he's in trouble. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood along the shore. Now, isn't that cool? So we've had the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus preached, but this is the sermon from the water. Mm-hmm. So he goes out. And, of course, that's not a. there's some real value in s- preaching from the boat.
0: Oh, sound carries beautifully over water.
1: Sound carries beautifully over water.
0: I can hear kayakers that go.
1: You can hear their conversations. Totally.
0: I you you don't. They probably don't think that you could probably. Not that we're eavesdropping, but you can hear people talking out in the middle of the river. Okay. Because, so
1: Jesus took advantage of that. He sure. he knew he knew. Is that physics? Yeah, he knew physics. Sure. Okay. So he sat there. But the other reason he he went out the boat is people wouldn't crowd around him. He needed his personal space. There. Yeah. It was. He was more than six feet out. Sure, More than six feet. <laughs> so, and they gathered along the shore. And the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables. I, I do want to talk about the value of a parable. But it's saying, this is the parable. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path. And birds came and ate it up. You can, you, you can do the sound effects. Is that what birds sound like today? <laughs> okay. Uh, some seed fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched and it withered for lack of roots.
0: <laughs> that sounds like thunder.
1: Some, yeah, that was thunder. How what do you what scorch? is
0: uh, Scorched. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone.
1: Yeah. Some seed fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. Okay, I said that. Uh, some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. Choke, choke, choke. Oh, God, I can't breathe. <laughs> this is awful. Yeah. And some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit. A hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. Now, that not that beautiful?
0: Mm-hmm. Ears of corn.
1: No, human ears. Oh. You ought to hear. But, you know, have you... Uh, we just uh, combined the, the wheat in the area around here. Have you ever gone out just before harvest and looked at a, green, uh, a a stalk of wheat? I have not. You'd be in for a surprise. Nowadays, a stalk grows and it produces. I think I once counted like 120 grains of wheat in one stalk. I remember you saying that. Yeah, which is it's very hard to count them because you you have to go around. Now, did I count this one already, or did I count that one? Sure. Uh, but it so you don't plant a seed and produce a seed; you plant a se- seed and produce a bunch. Sure. A whole lot. Now, I said twenty-five percent. So, twenty-five percent failed because it was on the path. Twenty-five mm-hmm. percent was on the rocky ground and it got scorched by the sun and 20% got uh, choked by the the thorns. And I think of that as not just thorns, as in a thorn tree, so much as uh, the weeds. Sure. You know, the weeds that just choke out everything else. And why is it weeds grow faster than the plants you plant?
0: They really do. It's amazing.
1: Almost overnight they show up. I know.
0: It's unfair. it,
1: (laughs) It really is. Okay, but... Only twenty five percent of the seeds are successful. Is, think about that. So Jesus is tells the story, and he's basically saying, Good stuff is planted, a lot of it will not go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think normally the reader or the listener thinks, What am I? Am I the path? Am I so superficial, I'm like rocky soil. Do I have all the distractions of the world that I'm I'm choking out the good news? Or am I fertile soil?
0: Or should we
1: be the sower? Could be the sower or we could be the seed. So there's a lot of images. And that is what I want to talk about with parables. Jesus was many things. I mean, he was the Savior, the Redeemer, uh, the total expression of love. He instituted the Eucharist. He, he worked miracles. He preached the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But what I love about it was he was just an incredible storyteller because his parables, uh, they are dynamic. And I mean the word dynamic in the sense that there's an, an action going on.
0: Well, even think of the sense that his parables have become everyday lingo like oh that guy was such a good Samaritan or oh here comes the prodigal son or whatever it may be
1: is that what they say about you
0: that one of the two you can pick which one Um, but they you know it's become part of everyday conversation because the stories are a so well known uh, but b also very relatable
1: well I love the fact that his parables are not uh, fables, you know, fables, you might have the, the dogs talk or the, the wind talking to the sun, like in Aesop's fables. Mm-hmm. No, these are not made up. And a lot of people believe that there was a basis for many of the stories he told, you know, even the story of the good Samaritan that yeah. everybody knew that road was dangerous Yeah, and that people could be, uh, robbed along that road. Sure. So in fact, to this day, the ro- the road is still pretty much isolated. Hmm. I I got robbed on that. Did you? I did. But you lived to talk about it. Well, we were in our tour bus, and you're out there in the middle of nowhere, and we had just read the story aloud, and just as we're reading the story, this pickup truck comes around in front and cuts us off, and our driver pulled the bus off to the side, and two or three men get. Onto the bus, mm-hmm. and they're a lot of pretty scruffy-looking characters. Yeah, I think by design. And it turned out the whole thing was a setup. <laughs> uh, they, our guide was a Palestinian. There are a lot of Palestinian Christians. Well, not so many, but there are a, a sizable enough. Yeah, and our, he was a Palestinian, which is Arabic blood. And they wear they wear their they wear their kufiyas. That's the headdress that you see with the band around the okay. forehead. So these guys came on the bus, and they sold us Kofias. and that's what it I. It was a
0: marketing ploy. Yeah,
1: I and that's what I call the robbery. I mean, I think it was two dollars to get one, and I still have it. And Do you I've, really? ne, I've never worn it.
0: I'd like to see it sometime. I will. So I um, showed you. Did, but before you
1: realized what was going on, was your heart racing? Not at all. No, no. I I just I thought. I'm blending in with the crowd. We've got a guide. We've got a bus driver. Let go and I, let God. I, I think some part of me told me that the whole thing was just for fun. It just seemed like. It, it really was. It was extremely harmless, but helping us experience what the road was. Too, uh, the timing was too perfect. Yeah, But anyway, so, so these stories, these parables. The other thing that Jesus did, besides what may have actually happened, uh, was he picked up on things that people knew about. How many parables are about seeds and planting? Because it was an agrarian country. Mm -hmm. People planted seeds. Uh, You know, nowadays we don't really scatter seeds. No.
0: I was, as you said that, I was thinking, what in our 21st century, whether, I mean, here in the United States or somewhere else in the developed world, what would be the images that Jesus would choose to use today to try to get the point across to us? Yeah.
1: I think of the line from Shawshank Redemption when the prisoner is trying to talk to the uh, warden mm-hmm. about something that needs to be done. And he says, don't be so obtuse. And the warden just doesn't deal with that at all. And he mm-hmm. he puts him in the solitary, in the box, in the solitary confinement for two weeks where it's dark and they bring a little bit of food and that's it. Mm-hmm. But and then afterwards the word says, now we'll see who's obtuse. Uh, <laughs> but the the whole idea, I think sometimes that's being like on rocks where we're just sort of closed. We're not willing to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the instead of the the thorns we would talk about many other distractions. And there are so many distractions. I, I don't know how people can focus on things these days. Uh, and then the third, of course, is um, the one I see a lot of, the ones who get excited about faith. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they're gone. Sure. And it's like, was the soil that thin?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've seen definitely people come and go. We, what I, what I appreciate about this image is planting is just one of the most down to earth, no pun intended. No
1: pun intended, but it was intended.
0: Um things that you can do. I mean it's it's amazing to take a tiny little seed and to nurture it and to love it and watch it grow into something. Do you
1: grow many things from seeds? And no, nowadays most no. of us go out and get bedding plants. Yeah. And that's do what you,
0: we've done. We don't we haven't really grown anything from seeds. There's in one. really
1: only like two things I will grow from seeds. What are they? One is sunflowers. And that's a must. That, I did that as a kid. Yeah. Oh, you, your yeah. girls would love that. Have to Give them their own flower bed. And it's it's not too late. You could still do sunflower seeds this year.
0: I could plant sunflowers in the middle of July?
1: Yeah, as long as you water them. Yeah. And yes. Okay. Uh, the other one is zinnias. Oh, really? Uh, they grow from seeds very well. And this is the hard thing about it. So I, I got three packets of seeds this year, which was $1.25 a packet, which is Not too bad. Yeah. And I planted the seeds at different places. I love zinnias. And there's a long story behind that, but it's basically because my mother always did that. Okay. And I, I, I grow the tall ones, so they get big. I like it because they're cutting flowers for the... I put bouquets on the dining room table.
0: Okay.
1: That sounds beautiful. But no matter how much you spread out the seeds... They grow too close together, and then once they break the ground, you have to thin them, and that breaks my heart. What do you do when you thin them? You you take, I'm sorry, buddy, you didn't make it, and you pull them out. And throw them away? Throw them away.
0: I've been waiting for you to thin me out for a long time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so sad, and I feel like I'm playing God, and I, I try to give them the space so they're in between each other, or the ones that look healthier. I, I don't like doing that, but it's so I try to plant the seeds far enough apart so I don't have to. But I, you still inadvertently, because the seeds are small, and they all seem to take. Mm-hmm.
0: You know the psalm for this weekend. Uh, we're singing Psalm sixty-five. The seed that falls on good ground will yield a fruitful harvest. Uh, not only is it beautiful imagery. It's also, actually, that response is from Luke chapter 8, now that I'm looking at the notes. The, the verses are from Psalm 65, but the response is from yeah. from Luke chapter 8. Um, you know, what makes good ground? Maybe that's a good question for us to, to, to dwell on. What makes good ground?
1: Well, let's stay with the analogy. What makes a, a, a plant grow? The, the soil has to be worked up. It has to be, it has to have some nutrition Mm -hmm. now in the earth a lot of times it kind of takes care of itself but if you have a potted plant you not only have to water them you also have to feed them every so often
0: sure or or even just changing out the soil in the pots yeah it's amazing you know if we have a late if we're feeling a little lazy in the spring and we don't change out all the soil in our really big pots the flowers don't do as well as i've got one pot on the deck right now that we put all new soil in this year and it's just going gangbusters is the
1: soil enriched when you buy it yeah
0: yeah it's like uh, potting soil yeah yeah it's it's incredible what a difference it makes
1: uh so they have to be fed they have to be i we talked about weeds i find that i have to pull the weeds out because the weeds will deprive the flowers of some of the nutrients Mm Mm-hmm. You have to kind of work up the ground every so often. And farmers know that they've, over the years, they've done a lot of cultivating. Even, you know, you go out in the, uh, the, the corn field, the corn is already up now. Of course it's too tall. Yeah. But, uh, when it really comes up and it's only maybe a foot tall, farmers traditionally have gone through and they work up the ground again. Mm-hmm. So the ground doesn't get hard so it can accept the water. And, of course, water is very important. I love thunder-lightning storms because mm-hmm. it brings all the nitrogen with it. Sure. Uh, if you've ever noticed how much your lawn turns green afterwards. Yeah, but, we
0: could yeah. use a good thunderstorm right now. We really could. Yeah, I mean, I think the message here is that there are several elements that go into making the ground good. And it's not that you just do it once and it's set. It's a daily, weekly practice.
1: Okay, so let's make the transfer then to, to parish. We have people coming, people who are parish, people who are church. How many times have I said that? people are ch- Church is people. At
0: least once or twice.
1: But the church as people needs to be the fertile soil to help the seed grow in themselves and in each other. Yeah. We need each other. So how do we do it? Well, we have to feed each other. We have to feed the ground. Uh, you can't just come Christmas and Easter. Or I remember talking to somebody who said, I think just going to church Christmas and Easter is hypocritical, so now I don't go at all. <laughs> but, Good but, choice. Yeah, but but it's that, that whole thing about needing to be fed. And sometimes you, you go for days and you don't realize until one day you discover, I'm too weak. I haven't been eating and i think that happens faith-wise sure you have to feed the faith so the but we have to feed each other so i think we have to be good soil we have to stay connected that's why this pandemic has been so hard yeah because we've lost we've lost several elements of of faith sure. uh, our, our church you know people can see maybe they can hear maybe they can ponder the scripture readings they've lost unless they're coming to mass you'd lose that sacramental presence the eucharist or the other sacraments and certainly the sense of community sure. we've done our best to try to create community but it's got to be more than uh you know we we need to get back one of these days and who knows how long it might be so we have to work hard till then sure well
0: friends another 23 minutes is coming gone be good seed be good ground be good sun be good rain <laughs> I feel like we should be singing be, campfire songs. Be be good. Being good is a good is good as well. All right, we'll see you guys next week. We'll see you at mass this weekend. And uh, until next time, take care.
1: God bless.